Aloha, Penn Nation. You're now tuned into yet another episode of BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice. As always, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Thanks for joining us for another stacked episode. We have five guests for this one, and we're going to kick things off with surging UFC welterweight, who is coming off a fight of the year candidate in his win over Brian Barbarena at UFC Phoenix. The silent assassin himself, Vicente Luque, will kick things off as we recap his sensational win over Barbarena. We'll talk about what's next for him and why he chose to call out Neil Magny and our good friend Jorge Masvidal as he looks to continue to climb the ranks and get a top 10 opponent in his next outing. Then next up after Vicente, following a year-long layoff from competition, Josh Emmett is finally slated to make his return on March 30th in Philadelphia against Michael Johnson. We're going to catch up with Josh about the time away, the surgery he had, and the subsequent recovery from that surgery. We'll be previewing the matchup against Johnson and get Josh's take on the current landscape at 145 pounds in the UFC. Prior to his layoff, Josh, of course, was being touted as the next contender for the title at 145 pounds, so obviously he's very happy to be back. Then after Josh, we're joined by another featherweight who looks to continue racking up the wins in the UFC as he faces Bryce Mitchell on March 23rd in Nashville, Tennessee. That man, of course, being Bobby the Wolfman Moffitt. We'll get his thoughts on the matchup with Bryce and what should be next for Bobby following a big win in Tennessee. After Bobby, our good friend Dominic Reyes returns to the show to get Swifty with us yet again. The Devastator will help us preview his upcoming showdown against Volkan Ozdemir in London on March 16th. Of course, we'll be discussing the title picture at light heavyweight and why Dom believes he should be next in line for a crack at UFC gold, regardless of whether... Jones or Smith wins. Of course, we'll get his prediction for that fight and a whole lot more. And then finally, closing out this episode will be another hungry future title challenger in the UFC's heavyweight division, Curtis Razor Blades. Curtis is set to face Justin Willis in Nashville on March 23rd, along with his good friend Bobby Moffitt. So we'll get his thoughts on the matchup, where a big win puts him in regards to fighting for the title in 2019, and a potential third fight with Francis Agano and a whole lot more. So let's waste no time. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Let's kick things off with a silent assassin, Vicente Luque. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show, arguably the most talented up-and-comer in the UFC's welterweight division, coming off a sensational win at UFC Phoenix, the silent assassin himself, Vicente Luque. Thanks, as always, for taking the time to speak with us, Vicente. How you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Thank you guys for having me. Always a pleasure. Now, are you already back in the gym, or you've been enjoying some time off, uh, you know, following that incredible performance? Yeah, I'm slowly going back to the gym. So I already started strength and conditioning, you know, just to get my body adapted to training again and doing some movement, also some movement work that I do in the gym. So I'm coming back lightly this this week, and I'm feeling good, you know, after, especially after the fight, the way it was. I'm feeling pretty healthy, so good awesome man awesome now speaking of the performance honestly it it was truly amazing many are calling it the fight of the year so far and i would certainly agree with that you battled until the end found a way to finish the fight in the final seconds overall how happy are you with the outcome and give us your thoughts on the fight you know i mean i'm definitely really happy with the outcome it was i mean it couldn't have been better but at the same time uh you know it was not the plan 
it was not the plan to go out there and have a war the way it was. But I think Brian, I mean, he made it happen. You know, he is such a tough guy. He took everything I brought to him in the first round. He dropped me in the first round. So I had to overcome and, and kind of like take a different route to, to win the fight. And the outcome definitely was, I mean, was great for me. I think fight of the night the way it was and pro possibly a fight of the year. Uh, we still got a long time till then, but possibly being a, a contender for fight of the year. So, you know, that's that's great for me. And coming out with the win is even better. Right. And as you mentioned, you know, uh, the, the game plan going into the fight, you know, Brian's definitely a tough dude. He's never been finished with strikes prior to you stopping him. What was the game plan going in? I'm sure you were anticipating a war, but you didn't really want to get baited into a brawl, right? Yeah, you know, I wanted to pick him apart. So I knew that I was the more technical striker. I wanted to keep the distance as I did in the beginning, in and out. I wanted to kick more than I did, but I, I kicked his knees a couple of times. So I, I started to swell up my foot and I changed my mind after that. And I, and I started boxing more than anything. And at the same time, my hands were, were, I was finding the distance well with the hands. So I just decided to go with that. But it was to take it, you know, pick him apart. But the thing is, I was hitting him and he wouldn't feel it and he would not respect my power. So that was the, the, the big thing that changed the strategy because usually I'm used to the guy respecting my power, you know. Even if I hit him with a jab, usually the guy is going to feel it and is going to, you know, move back or at least be kind of like concerned on getting hit more than that. And Brian wasn't concerned at all. He would just keep on walking through the hits and throwing more hits and, and a lot of volume. So I had to adapt. Right, right, right. And, you know, as I mentioned, like, you, you're talking about you wanted to be technical. He clearly wanted to, to get you into a brawl, take you out of your element. The fight was back and forth, of course. You mentioned that, you know, you got dropped in the first, but I'm wondering, were you actually hurt or stunned at any point? Because based on watching at home, you were walking him down most of the fight. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I was, it was a real, like, a real quick. He hit me, and once I, I fell to the ground, I was... 100% recovered. That's why I went. I moved to his back so quickly. I was conscious. So as soon as I hit the ground, I saw that he was thirsty to try to knock me out. Right. I knew he was going to come in quick. So I, I used that momentum to move move up to his back. And I wasn't, I wasn't that badly hurt. And, you know, at that point, I felt like I took his best shot. And it dropped me, but it didn't really hurt me. So I knew that I could hang with him standing up, no problem. Right, a lot of confidence gets built after you take a guy's best shot and you're still there, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, were you surprised at all to hear that all, that all three judges had, had Brian winning on the scorecards? No, not really, you know. That's why I, at, until the last minute, I was pushing forward and I was trying to look for that knockout because I, in my mind, I was not sure I was winning. I knew that I had the first round. I knew he had the second round. And the third round was, in my mind, too close for me to call it. So I said, no, I got to finish this guy. And so I kept on pressuring until the last minute. You know, I was I was looking for, like, precision shots and throwing a lot of power behind them. So I really wanted to knock him out, and that's what I was looking for. And I finally got it at the end of the round. Yeah, it was impressive, man, just to have that kind of uh... – that kind of explosivity at the end of the fight, at the end of a grueling three-round war like that, it speaks volumes to your conditioning. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's something I've been working a lot, especially after my Leon Edwards fight. It was a fight that I really got tired, and I needed that knockout in the last round, and I wasn't able to get it. So, you know, after that, I started working a lot on that, and definitely it's it's been working out for me. 
Now, you and I have talked about your marketability before and, you know, that we both believe you are a future champion. That being said, uh, having such a great performance on ESPN definitely built up your stock. Uh, what has the reaction been from the MMA community? I'd imagine that you gained a boatload of fans overnight with this one. Definitely, definitely, man. It was it was a big show. Uh, everybody was watching, especially having the fight the way it is, the way it was. I mean, it couldn't have been better for the fans. So I got a lot of messages, a lot of people, you know, send me congrats for the fight and, and thanking me for the performance, as well as, you know, talking about Barbarina as well and, and, and respecting him a lot for his performance because I think fight of the night, you know, you, you need two great fighters to, to so for that to happen. And the, I think the biggest thing for me was to get ranked. So now I'm number 14 in the division. I think that's a big thing for me. That's my objective to start climbing up. So getting that number next to my name now gives me the power to, now I can choose the guys that I want to fight inside, you know, the, the ranking so I could start moving my way up. So I think that's a big thing, and and I'm definitely gonna take a lot of uh, I'm gonna take this moment and and really use it the best way I can. Yeah, I know we we've talked about how you know you're really searching for that that ranking now that you finally got it. You can negotiate the fights that are best for you and and for your career. Um, but real quick before we move on to what's next, you had said that your fiance wasn't happy about your face being all banged up before wedding day. Has she calmed down a bit now that you got that big bonus check? She definitely calmed down. I mean, and and also, you know, through the weeks, I have really good recovery. So my face is great right now. It's looking just like before the fight. So <laughs> she now she's not worried about it. And the bonus came, the win came, and so she's really, really happy and just excited for the marriage. Right. When when is the big day? You must be very excited. It's uh, March 16th. So in a couple of weeks. Awesome, man. Well, congratulations to you both, my friend. Uh, as I said before, you got a very bright future ahead of you and having a great woman by your side for the journey. That makes all the difference. Uh, but looking ahead now, you would ask for a top 10 opponent next. You mentioned Neil Magny, Jorge Masvidal specifically. What made you choose those guys? You know, Magny, I just think like he's a guy that has no... I, I don't think he has any fight scheduled right now, and he's number 11. So I think it's a good fight. I like his style as well. He's I, I believe he's a southpaw. And I've been fighting southpaws lately, so I think it would just be like a fitting style for me. He's a tough guy, but I still believe that I have what in, what I need to to beat him. And Masvidal is a guy that I asked for after my last fight, and I remember like I put it, I, some, somebody put it on Twitter like that would be a great fight, and I kind of tagged him on it and say let's do it, and he he just said like that he wouldn't fight anyone that wasn't unranked. So now I, I would like to find him because now I'm wrecked. So right. I think it's it, it, I, I think he has to take it right now. So, you know, I know he has a fight coming up, and I wish him the best of luck on that fight. And after that, we can, you know, set something up. I would definitely like to fight him. His fighting style really suits my fighting style. I think for the fans, it would be a great fight, and I would enjoy it a lot. Yeah, that, that was going to be, you know, my next point. Uh, Masvidal is a very good friend of the show, and obviously has the fight booked with Darren Till in the coming weeks. But as a fan of the sport and knowing how you guys both like to scrap, I personally believe that matchup would be something very special for the fans. And it sounds like you you agree as well. Definitely, man. I think, I you know, watching his fights, I've always been a fan of his style. And I know that if we get matched together, it would be definitely a, a great fight. Now, obviously... Masvidal's booked, but has Magny responded to you at all? 
No, Magni hasn't hasn't responded, and I still haven't gotten in touch with my manager and the UFC to to try to negotiate this fight. That's something I'm gonna do soon. You know, I'm still kind of taking in all of all everything that happened with this last fight, recovering, getting back to training. But soon, soon I'm gonna start negotiating this and and trying to get my next fight scheduled. Now, <clears throat> obviously, you've mentioned it, you've talked about it quite a bit here, but. For you, it, it is only going to be ranked opponents from here on in, correct? That's the plan. I mean, at the same time, you know, I'm I'm always ready for whatever they want me to do. Because first, first, the first thing, I'm a fighter. I'm here to fight. So, you know, if they want to give me someone else, if that is not the plan, but I'll be ready. And, and I'll do what, it needs, what needs to be done. But my plan is to take ranked opponents right now i want to keep on climbing i think i deserve it i've been showing what my my you know what i can do and i think the ufc has their eyes on me right now and i i think they also want me to be fighting you know ranked opponents and keep climbing the way up so that's the plan yeah i was gonna say that earlier man you know with all the waves that you've made with this performance and you know it being on espn and all the love you've gotten for the fans do you feel like this performance is is the one that finally puts you over the edge and now you're you know, the UFC is going to get behind you, give you the big push and and uh, get that notoriety that you've been long deserving of. I definitely think so. You know, I think it was a big fight. It was ESPN first, first big show in ESPN. So to have a fight like that, you know, I'm sure the UFC was really excited for that. And, and they're really I mean, that's the fight everyone everyone wants whenever you're you're going to start in a in a TV channel or something like that. So to have that, I think was a big, big deal. And I think they're going to, you know, really value and, and see what I'm, what I can bring to the UFC. And if you see, you know, the fans, I'm, I'm pretty sure, especially by what everyone talks about me, you know, the fans enjoy my fighting style. They enjoy what I bring to the table when I, when I go fight. So I think there is not much holding me back right now. I've been finishing, I finished every single fight of mine in the UFC. And this last one, you know, I went to a war. I showed that I could go three rounds, and I'm not going to stop trying to knock the guy out every single round. So, you know, that's my fighting style. I'm going to keep on fighting like that, and I, and I believe that I'm going to keep on climbing the rankings this way. Yeah, not only keep climbing the ranks, but keep gaining a ton of fans and putting on incredible shows for everyone. Uh, but speaking of the top ten and your campaign for the title, we've got Woodley and Usman this weekend. I'm wondering, who are you picking in that one? Well, I'm a bit biased because I, I, I train with Usman, but I'm going to Usman for that one for sure. Uh, you know, by training with him, I know how tough he is and how much he, he has evolved since he started all the way up to, to now that he's fighting for the title. And he is much more than a wrestler right now, you know. And, and he, in my opinion, he's the best wrestler in the division. He is a strong, strong man. And his striking has been improving a lot. So he's a danger on the striking. And he's a guy that trains a lot of gi, so I see a lot of danger in that in, in, on the ground as well, on the grappling. So overall, I think that he is in a better time, and in in, you know he is, and he's hungry. He's hungry to be the champion. Tyron has been the champion for a while. I think obviously he wants to defend the title. He wants to keep being a champion, but the hunger of not being a champion yet and of climbing so well and so decisively as Kamaru has, I think he's going to get the title. Yeah, you make a great point there, man. Sometimes when you become a champion, it, it's easy to, uh, you know, not not become lazy, but become very comfortable where you're at. Whereas the guys that are 
coming up the ranks. They are hungry. They are starving for that belt and that opportunity. So uh, I would agree with you. I'm very excited to see how it all plays out. But uh, as far as when you'd like to return, I'm sure that uh, you'd love to be on the UFC 237 card in Rio. Is that a timetable that works for you? You know, that was that was something I was thinking about. I still cannot tell you, like, 100% sure I can be back there. I am looking more maybe June, July, just because, you know, I had a tough fight. I think my body needs the rest. I'm going to get back to training, but, you know, respecting my body at the same time. And also, I want to improve. I always want to improve after every fight, even the fights, like, I win. Even the ones that I won in the first round, I still see so much that I need to improve. So it, on a fight like this, three-rounder, I can see a lot of my game and so much, so many things that I can improve on. So, you know, I'm still going to figure it out. I'm going to see how my body feels and, and get back to training, you know, with a, with a good rhythm. And Brazil is a possibility. It's something I would love to, to do. You know, I always like to fight here. The fans are real supportive. So that would be a possibility. But... Right now, on my mind, is maybe June or July. Right, so it would have to be like a really good opportunity presents itself for you to for you to jump on that card. Yeah, for sure, man. If if they come, you know, and, and give me like, okay, now you got, I don't know, a number, no, someone over the number ten, I would I would definitely fight, you know. Right, right. All right, listen, Vicente, you've been more than generous with your time, man. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, but before we wrap things up bjpen.com we've teamed up with uh, amc to promote the upcoming season of into the badlands and we've been asking athletes about their favorite martial arts moments and tv and film so you know being a finisher like you are i was wondering if you could give us your opinion on what is the most devastating finishing move in a martial arts movie or tv show that you've seen over the years man that's a hard one <laughs> i know it i know it and every time i ask they always it. say the same thing that's a tough one but you know you know i like i lo- i liked a lot the van damme movies and i don't remember which the movie is but the one that the guy blinds him with with some powdered stuff and then he gets to finish after that one i think that would be the one okay all right yeah i'm drawing a blank on whether that's the the quest or the other one there uh with akumate but yeah i know what you're talking about and, I think it's the quest. I think it's the quest. Yeah, yeah the quest was a great one. Um, and what about in the real world? What do you think is the most devastating finish in MMA history? That's a hard one too. But I, I would say Dan Henderson against Michael Bisping. That was pretty brutal. Yeah, that I've I've gotten that answer a couple times already asking this question. So I would agree with you 100 yeah. percent there. Definitely a great pick. And I'm sure in the years to come, we'll be discussing some more incredible finishes from you, my friend. So, uh, in conclusion, Vicente, tell all the fans out there what they can expect from you in 2019, and will we see you in title contention before the end of the year? Hopefully, yeah, man. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work. I want to put at least two more fights in this year. If everything goes perfect, I will put three more in this year and make it four for 2019. And I mean, my way, my my objective is to work as my way up as as much as i can so if i could be a top five at the end of the year that's going to be perfect and i'm going to be pushing hard for that and always going in there and giving my best and looking for the finish at every moment all right man listen i'm certainly looking forward to the to the bright future that is in store for you uh thanks again for the time today congrats on the wedding best of luck with the honeymoon i hope you guys have a wonderful time and enjoy that honeymoon hopefully we can catch up again when your next flight gets announced i hope you have a great day my friend Thank you, man. Take care, and thanks for the interview. Ah, Always a pleasure, brother. Always a pleasure. Talk to you soon, my friend.
I've said this many times, but I truly believe that Vicente is an incredible talent and asset to the UFC. I certainly hope that he gets that top 10 matchup he's been wanting and uh, waiting for. He continues to give the fans exactly what they want. But as usual, let's keep it moving. Coming up next on BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice, UFC featherweight, Josh Emmett. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the ninth-ranked featherweight in the UFC and Team Alpha Male staple, the Grim Reaper himself, Josh Emmett. Thanks, as always, for joining us today. Josh, how are things down in Sacramento? Yeah, everything is going really well. Thanks for uh, for having me on. And that uh, that Grim Reaper, I don't, I don't know where that came from. I saw on Wikipedia someone put that, and then I went, a handful of people are calling me that, and I'm like, man, I ain't got no nickname. <laughs> you know, it's funny, too, because I, I, I recall our earlier conversations, and I never... Never remember you having a nickname, but, you know, obviously I'm looking around doing some research. I'm, oh, okay, maybe he picked up a nickname. So my apologies for that. It is Josh Emmett. No nickname needed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so listen, it's been a while since we've had you on the show. I believe the last time we spoke was uh, just before the fight with Jeremy Stevens. Obviously that one didn't go your way, and then you got sidelined for the remainder of 2018, having to undergo some surgery. How did all that go, and what was recovery like for you? Yeah, everything uh, everything went well. You know, I just had I had some fractures, um, unfortunately in my in my face, and uh, so I had surgery. They put a plate in there, and then just took some time off, uh, just just to get better. You know, because I had a lot a lot going on. I had uh, like the the nerve in my face was being compressed. The uh, the muscle that controls the uh, eye was impinged. And just with, like I said, several fractures. So I just, I just wanted to take the necessary time to recover, um, just because I want to have a long career and I feel like I'm just getting started. So I didn't want to come back too soon and, uh, you know, have like a career-ending um, fight, which we've seen in combat sports where people come back too early, they get another bad concussion or knockout, and then they're they're done or they're experiencing a lot of, uh, you know, just issues you know where they right. where they're able to fight again and, and i did not want that to happen to me so i just you know played it safe i i know a lot of uh therapists and doctors and i'm i'm, I'm lucky to have them in my life so they just kind of led me in the right direction and i i've just been doing you know tons of things and yeah i i feel great now oh definitely the wise decision to take the necessary time off like you said too many guys rush back into it, and, and uh, as you mentioned, something something worse could happen. But I'm wondering, have you been able to stay active in the gym over the past year? It sounds like you have. Yeah, no, I definitely have. I like I wasn't doing a lot of sparring, of course, after, but I was uh, a lot of drilling and still, you know, lifting and running and, and doing things like that. I just wasn't doing a lot of live live goes. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been. I've been really um, active the whole time. Very good, very good. Now, of course, uh, obviously you got a fight book. We'll talk about that in just a second here. But how much of a financial struggle has it been for you to have this time away from competition? Yeah, that's been tough. Uh, that's the one thing where I wish, you know, I, I don't think any of us get paid enough, um, except the people at the very, very top. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, that, that's been a like the main issue, you know, main struggle, just, I only got paid once in 2018. And of course I didn't get the win. So I only got half my check and then just being sidelined, not being able to do anything. It is, it puts a, uh, not doubt. Cause I want to continue to do this. I put everything, you know, my whole life, I've, I put everything into this, uh, fight game. And, and then it's just like, man, is, am I ever going to be able to fight again? 
uh, and then you have all these financial struggles and stuff like that so it, it yeah it's been it's been tough you know but uh luckily we've my wife she works and uh she's been kind of you know handling everything but we're still just you know barely getting by and, and, and things like that so it's uh it's it's good my, yeah, it my, t- my, takes good. a village man it, it truly does take a village so I, I completely understand where you're coming from but now that you're back to 100 percent, you've been booked to make your return March 30th, UFC second card on ESPN against Michael Johnson. First off, man, how excited are you to finally get back in there and show the world that you're still a top contender? Yeah, no, I'm super stoked, you know, and and this is a fight that motivates the hell out of me too, you know. It's like I only want to fight people in front of me or bigger-name fighters, and I got offered a, a handful of people, or not a handful, but a few people, and I and I chose someone that was uh, in front of me, but then unfortunately they got uh, a little injury so they weren't able to take the fight and then his name was thrown out there and I was like you know Michael Johnson's a a seasoned vet he's fought the who's who beat some of the top guys in the lightweight division and uh yeah it's just big name exciting fight I think it's uh, gonna be a a fight that excites the fans you know and you know I see a lot of people on the internet they're excited for this fight and it's uh that's what I want to you know I don't want to fight someone that's not really well known or in front of me you know it doesn't really make make much sense for me well of course you got to do what's best for your career and given that you're in the top 10 ranking you know you kind of have that leverage to to pick and choose the guys that make the most sense for you but give us your thoughts on the stylistic stylistic matchup against johnson and you know what kind of challenges he poses for you yeah he's just you know as we all know he's super athletic he's he's uh he has fast hands good boxing and he comes from like a a good gym, good training partners and his, you know, working with Henry Hoops, he's more of a, like a, he's trying to apply that Dutch style kickboxing. So right. yeah, it's a, you know, I, I definitely have my, uh, game plan and everything like that, but yeah, it's going to, it's going to be an exciting fight. You know, we both can end the fight at any moment, you know, he, he has good wrestling. So do I, I have good jits and, uh, both our striking is on par. So I think it's just going to be a, a nonstop, pace you know for 15 minutes yeah you make a great point there you guys you guys match up well in a lot of areas uh but this is going to be over a year for you between fights correct i'm wondering are you at all concerned about ring rust or jumping back in there against such a game opponent like michael no not at all you know i've i've uh man when i started my career early on i know it's not the, the competition's not the same of course but it's like i had a few injuries and i took a you know, two years off, came back, felt great, and then just went on a little run. And I've had a few injuries where I, I was out like six, eight months, stuff like that, and then came back and, and did really well. So I'm always in the gym. I'm, I've been helping, you know, uh, teammates out for their camps and stuff like that. So uh, especially Cody's, he's coming up this weekend, you know, and, I, and I've been his main training partner, helping him get ready, you know. And, and I, I don't think Michael Johnson's faster than Cody. Um, and I can see all those punches and I'm, yeah, so I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm stoked about it. It's a big name. It's a, it's a tough fight, but I've been doing this for such a long time. I don't have as many fights as him, but I've been in the gym and a part of team Alphamel for so long and, you know, seeing the who's who come through and seeing people start from the bottom and, and make it to world titles and been main training partners for all of them. So it's, I know where I stack up and, and I can hop in there with the best at any moment and, and perform. Absolutely, man. You're only as good as your training partners and the type of people that you're working with on the day-to-day, and Team Alpha Male is certainly full of killers. 
Uh, but since moving down to featherweight, Johnson has gone two and one, and uh, one of those wins being over your teammate and Andre Feely. Uh, do you look at this fight as maybe a chance to avenge that loss of your teammate and friend? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's uh, you know Elkins beat him, and then uh, I, I still. Watching that fight, I, I thought Andre pulled off the win. You know, I thought, uh, you know, one round was Andre, one was Michael Johnson, and then I thought, you know, Feely did a little bit more in one of the rounds. So I would have gave the split decision to him, not being biased, but it was, uh, it was a close fight. And uh, yeah, no, definitely, I, 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 I love to do that. You know. Now, is there any concern going into this one regarding the weight cut for Johnson? You know, considering his last fight was a catchweight against Artem Lobov. I mean, are you even thinking about that kind of thing? Would you say he does come in overweight? I mean, would that be an issue for you? No, not at all, man. I, you know, uh, a few pounds is not going to win or lose a fight. Right. You know, it, that, that, that's just my whole thought process. And and honestly, I'm I I hope my opponent always misses weight. You know, more <laughs> part of that tough, paycheck. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they have a they have a tough weight cut, and and you know you can you get a little percentage, but I I, I really don't think. Uh, you know, you see in the, the media or just people that don't really know what they're talking about and like, oh, he, they miss weight on purpose. That's never the case. I, I feel like people that do miss weight, they're, you know, they're struggling more than the person that, that possibly made weight. You know, maybe it was short notice or just, you know, something just wasn't, uh, they didn't follow the plan correctly or something but they're definitely trying and you know down to the wire or something seriously wrong so yeah but no, not an issue at all i'm not worried about that yeah i mean that that's just silly to say that you guys are professionals you want to be professional make the weight that you're contracted to fight at so to think that a guy is purposely uh you know missing weight that that's that seems just kind of silly to me yeah so prior to the layoff you were taking the division by storm climbing the ranks towards the title does a big win over Johnson, does that put you back in the mix, in your opinion? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I think a big win over Johnson kind of puts me back to where I was at, you know, I, and then possibly I could be one, two fights away from a title shot, you know, but I'm really just focusing on one fight at a time. Uh, you know, he, he's the next person in front of me, so I'm, you know, lining up all my training and train or sparring partners uh, to emulate him, and uh, yeah, just I want to take him out and then and then uh, move on from there. Right. Right. Now, speaking of the division, what do you make of everything since you've been away? We've got new talent emerging, still plenty of the old guard at the top. Now there's news that the uh, champ will be moving up to fight for the interim lightweight title. Uh, what do you think of the landscape of the division right now? Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's great. You know, like I, I feel like featherweight division is one of the, the most stacked and one of the toughest divisions in, in the entire organization. And, yeah, it's – you know, it's like a lot of the the older like legends and vets that have been at the top. They're staying up there at the top, and then yeah, that's that's an interesting fight that uh, Holloway's going to go up and fight Poirier, right, for the interim title. Yeah, yeah I, I think it'll be a I think it'll be an awesome fight, and I'm excited to watch that. Do you think that there's a there's a clear number one contender at the moment, or is the lack of a number one contender kind of the reason that it makes sense for Max to move up right now? I believe so because, you know, the number one contender is, I don't even know who it is right now, but I, I, I feel it's still Jose Aldo. Right. I feel like he's been at the top the whole time and the only person that he struggles with is Max Holloway. He does really well in the first few rounds, but then it seems like once they get in the third round and, you know, then that's when Max has been finishing him. But, you know, no one else has beat um, Aldo but M McGregor, right? It was McGregor and, 
and Mac. So it's uh, I feel like he's still the number one contender, and they possibly don't want to put a you know a third fight together. So that's it makes sense for him, and it's a it's a business at the end of the day. So he's doing what's best for him. So he's going to go up there, make a lot of money, and he doesn't really have anything to to lose. You know, he only has everything to gain. Yeah, he, I still, agree with you. he still keeps his featherweight title with a loss. You know, he wins and he becomes, you know, a double champ again. Right. It's interim title, but then yeah. he'll get a fight. You know, they'll unify that later on and make even more money. So, yeah, no, absolutely. You got you got to take those opportunities as they come. A lot of people are speculating that, you know, Max with the weight cut, uh, there's been a lot of talk that, that he has difficulty making 145 and, you know, getting being that he's getting older. Do you see any uh, situation or scenario where he might actually stay at, at lightweight? Yeah, I don't know. I I think uh, just depends on how he does, but I I think it would be a smart move because he's a he's a tall guy. He's he's physically a, a bigger person, so he's just gonna I think feel a little better. You know what I mean? Because I've heard he walks around at what one eighty one eighty five, so he still has to quite, cut quite a bit of weight to make the fifty five limit. You know, I think he's just gonna feel sharper, more powerful, um, not as drained. Right. So you never know. We'll, we'll see how uh, how he performs. Absolutely. Obviously, you got to base it on his performance, but you know we've seen so much uh, positive uh, positive gains from guys from guys moving up to a, to a more natural weight class. So I'm I'm very curious to see if that's going to be the case with Max. But you know, given everything we've just discussed, does it feel like right now is a good opportunity for a guy like yourself to come back into the fold, make some waves, and you know maybe be able to climb the ranks fairly quickly this year? Yeah, I believe so. You know, that's my that's my biggest thing. I just have to stay healthy. I go in there, you know, do what I do best and just, you know, stick to the game plan, perform well. And, uh, you know, if, if I show up the best me shows up, I feel like no one can beat me. You know, my last fight, unfortunately, didn't go my way. You know, I got I got clipped and and that's the, the nature of the sport. I learned a lot from it. Um, you know, I wish I going back to it, of course, I wish I could have done things a little different, but but you can't do that. So uh, I, I definitely learned a ton, and uh, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. hindsight's hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? That's what they say. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And even with that, it was like you know I, I dropped Stevens in the first round. I was thinking, okay, it's the first round. I have potentially five rounds to fight. I was trying to conserve in energy instead of going in for the kill, which you know, like he did in the second. You know, I, I wish I would have just went in for the kill, but I was thinking about conserving energy to possibly go five rounds. Yeah. So that, that, I will not do that again. Right, right. Now, changing gears here for a moment, uh, I saw Danny Castillo has a few nicknames for you. Calls you Mr. Clean, that being one of them. But one I found interesting was uh, Mini Jeff Munson. Why does he call you that? Oh, no, that was uh, Clay Guida. He, uh, he always, <laughs> I don't know, He's I guess because we're bald and white and kind of stocky you know so he's just calling me mini jeff monson and mr clean a- anyone that's bald and white <laughs> light complexion so they're that's, okay uh, that's basically <laughs> all i can think of all right so it was clay it's clay that that, that gave you that yeah cl- okay. yep. yeah right. so they're playing around with stuff and just like anyone else i've what i've like <laughs> what game of thrones white walkers or (laughs) whatever whoever's bald and white you know it's it's kind of funny i've seen a lot of things it's kind of hilarious i found that one interesting because you know jeff has always been quite the character in the sport and definitely a very talented grappler as well but i'm willing to bet that you aren't a uh aren't a open anarchist though i'm willing to bet that (laughs) no and uh real quick 
Real quick, just to stay off topic here for a moment, uh, BJPen.com, we've teamed up with AMC to promote the upcoming season of Into the Badlands, and uh, we've been asking athletes about their favorite martial arts moments in TV and film. So, you know, for you being a finisher like you are, I'm wondering, what do you think is the most devastating finishing move in a martial arts movie or TV show? Huh. I know, it's a tough one to just throw at you like that, but... Like the the most devastating finish? Yeah, yeah, in a martial arts film or, or show. I, I would just say, uh, you know, a lot of, like, boxing movies and stuff, just, like, you know, straight rights, knockouts, overhands, but... You know, some of my, my all-time favorite movie was Bloodsport uh, back in the day. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I guess blood, it would be just like some type of right hand, you know, right, KO right. finish. Bloodsport's certainly a classic. Um, a couple of guys have, have mentioned that one to me already. Yeah, the, uh, so the high he, kick that he would do. Um, right. But yeah, that's an interesting one. What about in the real world? What do you think was the most devastating finish in mixed martial arts history? Um, kind of like Barboza's spinning heel kick, you know, that's, uh, it was so fast and powerful and just right on the button and, you know, that just shut the lights out. So I'd say just thinking off topic, that's like one of the first huge finishes that come to, uh, come to mind. Yeah. That, that was not only flashy and beautiful to see, but man, the devastating power, and if I'm not mistaken, man, I don't think Terry Adam had a fight after that, or not for the UFC anyway. But oh, is that right? Wow. Yeah, I believe so. I could be wrong, but I, you know, I for me, I feel like that was the turning point for his career to kind of ride off into the sunset and start coaching. But uh, yeah, I'd agree with you, man. That's a great pick. Yeah. However, I'm sure that you're going to be looking to add another devastating finish to the list on March 30th in Philadelphia, right? Maybe I'll have one of those overhand rights or straight rights. You never know. Right. <laughs> now, listen, man, you've been more than generous with your time. We greatly appreciate it, as always. Just a couple more questions here for you. How do you visualize this fight with Michael Johnson playing out? How does your hand get raised at the end of the night? You know, like I said, you know, I can finish the fight anywhere. You know, I could, I could take him down. I, I see TKO submissions on the feet. You know, I could land that. You know, it lines up my right hand. He's southpaw, so I'll be using my right hand a lot, straights, overhands. But you know, really anywhere I can, I can clip him. If I if I land one clean shot, like that's it. You know, I say that everyone on my team says that they know how much power I have. I just have to land one shot, and that will be the end of the fight. Yeah, I mean, hey man, the the uh, the track record has certainly proved that. And in conclusion, to all the fans out there who have supported you during this layoff. And all the other fans, for that matter, what can we expect from you in 2019, and why do they need to make sure that they tune in for your fight on ESPN? Uh, it's going to be an exciting fight uh, between Michael Johnson and I, and you know I'm just looking to go out there and just win one fight at a time, and I, I would love to get you know at least three fights in this year, and uh, you know just climb the rankings to the top. Awesome, man. Well, we're certainly looking forward to your return and this incredible matchup here. Hopefully, we can chat again, maybe closer to the fight or after a big win. Thanks again for the time, Josh. Always a pleasure, man. I hope you have a wonderful training camp leading up to this battle. All right, cool. Thanks, Jason. You have a good one. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right, take care. Later. Not only a very important fight for Josh, considering he's coming back after such a long layoff, but a very important matchup for the featherweight division. Two guys with good wrestling and powerful striking. This matchup should be a lot of fun to watch. Very excited for that one. Again, March 30th in Philadelphia. But let's keep it moving, though. 
Coming up next on BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice, fellow UFC featherweight, Bobby the Wolfman Moffat. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show, up-and-coming UFC featherweight contender, the one and only Wolfman Bobby Moffat. Pleasure as always, Bobby. How are you doing today, man? I'm just heading this fire right now. So how's your day going? I cannot complain, brother. Cannot complain. Had a bit of a wild night, but here I am back on the grind. Uh, so you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, we always have a couple of those kinds of nights, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, last time we spoke, uh, you would hope to get uh, your next fight announced soon. Shortly thereafter, you got your wish in the matchup against Bryce Bryce Mitchell on March 23rd in Nashville. Yeah. How happy are you about getting the fight that you were hoping for, man? I'm, I'm, I was very happy, you know. Uh, I mean, it, it really didn't matter who I was fighting. I just wanted to get a fight. So, luckily, Bryce uh, was asking for a fight, and I tweeted him back, and, and they set it up. So, it was, a, it was perfect timing, you know. I was really not desperate for a fight, but I just really wanted to fight somebody, you know. I was telling you about that, and... Uh, Luckily, all that happened, and it worked out perfectly. Yeah, right. <clears throat> I, rem- I remember you saying, or us talking about, you were kind of in fight purgatory. You hate not having a goal yeah. in mind or a fight lined up and, and just kind of waiting around. But now that this fight is booked, give us your thoughts on Bryce as an opponent. I think Bryce is a really tough dude, you know. I mean, obviously, he lost on the ultimate fighter, but I mean, technically, he's undefeated. You know, those are exhibition bouts, you know, so... Uh, he's a tough dude, you know, he knows how to win, and uh, he hangs in there, you know, I don't think he's got the best cardio, but he's got a really good heart, you know, he's not going to give up in the fight, and whether he gets tired or hurt, he's going to keep on trying to win, so it's a really tough fight, I think, because him and I match up pretty well with each other, uh, he likes to do kind of the same stuff that I do, he just likes to do switch stances a little bit more, he's he goes southpaw quite a bit, so um, it's cool. I like the matchup. It's uh, it's similar to Chad Skelly in the in the attacking way. You know, he likes to wrestle and do jiu-jitsu and stuff. So I'm used to fighting those kind of guys, and those are the kind of guys I like to beat up. You know, right? Those are the kind of guys you like to catch in a choke. Yes, perfect. <laughs> Now, refresh refresh my memory. What was it about Bryce that intrigued you? Was it just the fact that he needed a dance partner as well? Was there some tra- trash talk back and forth between you guys? Oh, no. There was nothing that was like... I've never thought trash talk or anything like that. I mean, I've, I've seen him a few times. Uh, I remember, I think it was in July, I went out to Vegas, and it was the Ultimate Fighter finale. And uh, and I was out there for your card close, but he was fighting on the card after the Ultimate Fighter finale. Right. And I remember I was training with our coach, uh, Coach Eddie, and Bryce came into the room and he was doing his little warm up that he was fighting on the card before. And I was like, man, he fights at 145. I think I I, I had my contender series fight coming up, but I was like, man, I get in the UFC. I think I'm gonna end up fighting this dude right here. So, uh, it's kind of weird how it works out. You know, right. I, I, so, I saw him. Right. He, so he was a nice on, guy, you know. Right, so early on you felt like you were destined to cross paths, paths with him. 
Yeah, it just seemed like something that was going to happen. Right. Right. Now, he's 10-0, as you mentioned, aside from the loss in the Ultimate Fighter. Definitely another promising young guy like yourself, and I'd imagine just as hungry as you to prove himself. Does a big win over Bryce, does that do a lot for your stock, in your opinion? Over that? I'm wondering, does a big win over Bryce, does that do a lot for your stock, in your opinion? You know, um, I think a win in the UFC over anybody is, is a pretty big thing. You know, I think that's a, uh, an accomplishment in itself. And, of course, him being 10-0 uh, and with the Ultimate Fighter, he's got a pretty good following. I think that's a, uh, it's a good win for me. Obviously, I'd like to fight people that are ranked uh, higher than me and people who really think are, uh, are are the upcoming guys. So, I mean, I, I think it's a good fight for me. You know, I think he's a really tough dude. So, I think a win over him, whether he's uh, higher ranked or not, is good. Right, I mean, any, like you said, any any win in the UFC is is definitely one to, to raise your stock. But uh, we're just four weeks out from the fight. How is your training camp going so far? Going great. Uh, nothing, no serious injuries or anything, and and all my training partners are perfect uh, people to go to go with the style that Bryce fights with. You know, so I feel really confident. I know that I work hard in the gym. And I push myself pretty hard. And uh, it's just another walk in the park, you know what I mean? Right, right. It's been a big few weeks for the for the MMA lab, right? You, your team had a bunch of athletes competing in Arizona last weekend. Uh, the, then, of course, the Hen- Henry Corrales finishing Aaron Pico. That was huge. Safe to say you're going to be looking to keep riding that wave in Nashville, right? Oh, yeah, I want to get that wave going again. We had a kind of rough weekend this weekend uh, a lot of tough fights a lot of a lot of fights that I thought we won in my opinion but some of the decisions are last second you know no fight don't go our way right and it happens you know, that's, that's fighting that's the crazy thing about fighting you can do everything you you can do everything in a training camp and then something something crazy happens in a fight or something something different happens and it just you just lose you know so um uh, I'm I'm hoping to start it up again. We had a really good uh, 2018 MMA lab did, and I'm trying to get that started again. Absolutely, man. And, and what a better card than, than this one in Nashville. Give us your thoughts on the rest of the card. Pretty intriguing main event between Wonderboy and Anthony Pettis. Uh, who are you picking in that one? I pick Wonderboy. I mean, Anthony Pettis is hard to go against because he's, you know, he's been a champion. He's a really tough dude, but um, it's it just Anthony Pettis used to fight it was, was a 55 pound champion, then he went down to 45, and now he's up back at 70. I just think uh, Stephen Thompson is going to be just a, a step ahead of him in this fight, and uh, then I'm excited to fight on the same card as as Curtis Curtis Blades. Him and I have the same manager. And him and I have trained together before in Chicago, and, and I'm really happy about that. Get to fight on a card with him. Absolutely. Him and Justin Willis, that's a big fight. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, you know, only better to be on 
on a card with guys that are on your management team. So that that's an awesome matchup, like you mentioned. But as far as uh, building your name and your brand goes, it doesn't get much better than being on ESPN, a great card like this that's stacked. Uh, you get a lot of exposure with this one. Yeah, I'm hoping to pick up a lot of a lot more fans. You know, uh, I would I would hope so. You know, I always go out there and try and and try and finish the guy, and I hope people see that and and like watching that. And then I, you know, I give a little howl afterwards. I try to be a little uh, theatrical, you know. But right. um, it's fun. I, I I'm really excited to fight on ESPN. It was, well, I think it's ESPN Plus. I'll be on probably. I don't know. But either way, I think that's pretty cool. I never thought I'd be on ESPN at all, so here I am. Right. And and like you're saying, you know, you add that little bit of entertainment factor that, that definitely goes a long way with a lot of fans. Uh, but, you know, last time we spoke, you had mentioned how you feel that you're already ready for a matchup uh, with an elite guy in the division, that, that you already match up well with these guys. Without looking past Bryce at all, uh, do you have any plans on, on who you'll be targeting next after this one? I haven't I haven't thought of any names or anything, but I know for sure uh, I heard the UFC is coming to Chicago in June, so I'd really like to fight in June in Chicago. So whoever whoever is ready for that, that's where that's when I want to fight next after this one. Obviously, everything going well. I don't get injured, and uh, and then I, I get another fight back in June. I would really love to fight back home. So that's uh, that's the next date. That's the next date I'm targeting. And right. whoever fits the bill, you know, whoever uh, makes the date, that's who. Now, as far as uh, you know, uh, being a guy that likes to stay super active, that that's a time frame that works for you. You, you get the get through this fight. And then June, that, that that's a good timetable for you. Yeah, I think that would be a good timetable for me because I I'll I'll get done with this fight. Maybe I'll have like a week, a week to relax, you know, not go hard in the gym, and then I come right back in. I I, I really liked uh, last year. I had five five fights, um, and I really enjoyed uh, just having a week off and then coming back and it's going going 100% again, so I really want to get back to that kind of grind, I'm, I'm really uh, really into working hard, so yeah, staying busy, staying like. busy yeah, so staying busy, gets better yep, absolutely man, now uh, j- just to stay with the elite of the division here uh, I'm wondering, what do you make of the current champ Max Holloway moving up to fight Dustin Poirier for the interim lightweight title I think that's going to be a good fight. I think that's, uh, I mean, there's there's nobody who's like really a number one contender at 145. I mean, he fought Brian Ortega, won. Frank Yeager, uh, I still, I think, has like maybe one more fight before he gets gets back to a title shot, you know? Right. Um, and then, uh, and then like like we said last time, remember it was uh, Jose Aldo versus Anato Moicano, and it was just, if, if Renato Moicano wins, then yeah, he gets the title shot. But if he doesn't, then how do you give Jose another shot at Max Holloway? You know, that's three. That'd be three. He's already lost two times to him. So it's kind of a hard fight to make. And uh, no matter how good Jose Aldo is, you know, it's still hard to make. You know, you lose to somebody twice, it's hard to make that third match. 
So, Absolutely, and and it seems like Jose knows that, right? I mean, he's asking for a fight with Volkanovski yeah. or even a fight at lightweight. Like he knows he's got a couple more to to get back to Holloway. Yeah, he does. So so I think it's a good time for Max to go to one fifty five because there's really there's not somebody who's right at his doorstep, you know, trying to come at him at one forty five. So I think this is a good matchup for him too because he'll get to avenge his one of his losses at uh, 145, so it's a good fight for him. Now, if he's successful at lightweight, do you, do you think Max will stay there? Uh, I mean, he's always talked about being, you know, king and staying home and, and defending his throne, so, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he was successful at lightweight and then, then maybe he Let's say all things best goes for him, he gets the title. I wouldn't be surprised if he was he would try to defend both. You know, right? He's the kind of guy who who would try and keep both titles and, and defend both of them actively. You know, so I think that's a it's a it's a cool story if it if it if it goes along that way. You know, right? And then you, you get another guy trying to actively defend two titles. I mean, who who's who knows how the UFC is going to handle that, but. Regardless, like you said, very cool story. Yeah. Um, but changing gears here for a moment, man, we're partnering up with AMC to uh, help promote the upcoming season of Into the Badlands. Uh, I'm wondering, have you have you ever watched that show? You ever caught an episode of that? I think I watched like maybe the first two episodes. I'm terrible at at keeping keeping uh, keeping up with like uh, TV that's. Uh, Schedule TV. Like, if it was right. on Netflix, I'd be able to watch it all the right. time. I hear you, man. Binge-watching is the way of the future. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but when I did watch it, I liked it a lot, honestly. Now, we're asking athletes to, to give us their thoughts on, you know, martial arts and, and TV and film. Uh, so I'm wondering, what do you think the most devastating finishing move in any show or movie, martial arts show or movie, that you've ever seen? Devastating finishing move man um oh man all right well my favorite the one that comes to mind to me my my most favorite finishing move is from an anime called yu yu Hakusho. have you ever heard of that Uh, i am an anime guy but that's one i have yet to watch so they have like this tournament and um, there's this character. <coughs> sorry, my voice is cracked. You know my balls are dropping right now. So uh, <laughs> talking about anime too, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so there's this character. His name is Hie, and he's like this demon, and he's got an eye in the middle of his forehead. But like he's getting beat up by this dude. This guy is using fire powers, and is like burning him. And then Hie. Uh, the fire turns all black, and he uses um, his his arm to like uh, gather some like black fire energy, and it's called um, he just unleashes this giant dragon from uh, like the shadow realm or some shit. I think he calls it Dragon of the Darkness Flame. Oh my god, that move is so the the build up. The build-up to him doing it to the guy, and then how he kills him—the guy just like pretty much turns into dust, like onto a wall. And wow. it's just, 
badass. Like everybody's like, oh my! Like everyone in the in the anime is like, what's happening? And he shoots this giant dragon out of his arm, and it, it kills this dude. And it's uh, ah, you should watch it. Honestly, it's bad. It's yeah, badass. I, I know that that that's one I've been suggested uh, a, a few times. But I, I agree with you, man. It seems like anime, they just know how to build that story and build up to that that huge climactic, whatever it be, finish of, of any sorts there. But in regards to the real yeah. world, what about the real world Real world for you? What's the most devastating finish in MMA history, in your opinion? Oh, devastating finish has got to be when, um, I mean, there's a lot of crazy highlight ones, but when Naganu punched uh, Alistair Overing's head off. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty devastating. That's a bad I one. honestly, like, I, when I saw it, I thought, like, he had possibly, like, detached his skull from his spine and he'd been dead. Like, the way his head jerked back, it was just, honestly, I, I had never seen somebody's head move that way from getting hit. And, uh, Jesus, that, that was, uh, that was devastating. I that can I can definitely get behind that vote, man. I know what you mean. When that first happened, everybody was like, "Oh my God, did we just see the first death in mixed martial arts?" But um, yeah, like you said, man, so many so many to choose from. But could we see a similar devastating finish in your fight against Bryce? Um, you know, I wish I could punch like Nagano. You know, <laughs> that would be amazing if I could just punch somebody and it looks like their head is going to fall off. But um. I'm for sure going to try and uh, take his head off. You know whether I'm going to choke it and it pops off like a like a dandelion, or or I punch it and it pops off. You know, so either way, I'm trying to knock this dude's head off. And it's 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 a shame you can't shoot a, a, a dragon from the shadow realm out of your arm at him, right? Yeah, exactly. See, you followed along. See, you liked it. You liked it. Okay. So, <laughs> when you visualize the fight playing out, man, what do you see? How, how does your hand get raised at the end of the night in Nashville on March 23rd? You know, I just feel like I'm going to choke him in the second round. I feel like that's just my round. Uh, my first round's always a little bit slower than normal. And then the second round, I pick it up. I finally, I don't get a second win. It's like I didn't break wind in the first round. It's like, it's like nothing, uh, my body didn't accumulate or get used to get used to the fight yet for some reason so i think the second round i'm gonna go out there and finish him my choke most likely he's gonna want to keep he's he's gonna want a grappling exchange so i know that that's where i'm gonna catch him i'm either gonna catch him in a choke or in the beginning of the first round he's gonna get hit really hard and we're gonna finish it on the ground with a tko probably all right, man. Well, that like you said, him shooting in, trying to make it a grappling exchange, that certainly benefits you. Um, yes, sir. And from there on, it's it's on to bigger and better matchups and continuing to climb the featherweight ranks, right? Yes, sir. Get another fight in uh, Chicago, I hope, in June. So, so uh, that would be perfect for me, you know. Awesome, man. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Well, we're certainly looking forward to the fight and another great performance from you, brother. Uh, in conclusion, tell all the fans out there what they can expect from you on fight night and why this matchup against Bryce Mitchell is one they don't want to miss. Uh, well, guys, this fight is going to be amazing. You know, Bryce and I fight similarly. We're both hard-headed. We both have 
really good heart and good cardio. So we're going to be coming at each other at 100% majority of the fight, you know, until somebody gets finished. So this is going to be a back and forth brawl. It's going to be a barn burner. We're going to be uh, just beating each other up, getting bloody, and, and someone's getting choked. Most likely not going to be me. So <laughs> watch it. Awesome, man. <laughs> awesome. All right, and uh, I, I'll say for myself. Obviously, I need to need to get on top of that UU Haka show. But uh, listen, thanks again yeah. for the time, Bobby. We'll have to catch up again after the big win. Best of luck on the twenty third, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me again. Always a pleasure, buddy. Uh, again, we'll 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 talk to you after the big win, and uh, you know, watch you continue to ascend up these ranks. All right, man. I'm happy you'll be able to watch this one. Oh, you know it, man. Hey, I'll tell you what. I try to watch them all, but it's been getting tough lately. With uh, it seems like there's a card every weekend, if if not more. But you know, we'll yeah, be tuning in for you, they've man. Been, they've been putting out more fights, more and more fights each each week. So yeah. that's pretty cool, though. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, again, thank you for the time, man. Enjoy your sparring session, and uh, well, we'll catch up again soon, bro. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Later, Bobby. Bobby is definitely a guy to keep your eye on as he continues to build momentum in the division. Assuming he gets by Bryce Mitchell on the 23rd, I'd imagine he gets a top 15 guy next and cements himself as one of the best at 145 before the end of the year. However, in the words of Burt Watson, we rolling, baby. Coming up next on BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice, the devastator, Dominic Reyes. Ooh-wee, Penn Nation. Please welcome back to the show one of our favorite guests. It's time to get Swifty yet again with the Devastator himself, Dom Reyes. Pleasure as always, Dom. What's the good word today, my friend? Uh, progress, man. Progress. We're making progress towards uh, this win in London, man. Every day I'm getting better. Now, are, are you still in Colorado working with Curtis? I am, man. I'm going to be out here leaving from here to London. I've kind of created my own camp out here. Um things were kind of going uh not as smooth as i would have liked in california so i uh brought my strength coach uh aj bonarigo out here um i brought my my brother out here and i'm working with curtis and neil and andrew capel and zach and everybody out here and coach cody donovan i mean right now i'm like in a super great place man i I feel fantastic about about life about everything now, what would I mean? Did, I mean, obviously, I don't want to get into the personal stuff here, but did you have a falling out with Cobra Kai, or no? It was just um, things were were. Uh, Joe was kind of being stretched thin. He had a lot going on, right? And uh, just it was just the bodies weren't there as much anymore. So I, I had to find you know some place where I had consistent partners more often, you know. And higher level guys as well, where I'm getting higher level looks that could help me with guys like Vulcan. Right. Okay. All right. Still but it's all good. Yeah. No, <laughs> me, that, and Joe, no. me and Joe are still are still friends. It's it's okay. Right. <laughs> now Curtis is what that that's what team elevation, right? Neil Magny and all those guys. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm wondering how. Have you gotten a chance to really travel around with him while you're being up there? And and the reason I ask this is because I'd be quite interested to hear if you've had a chance to meet or work with uh, Dwayne Ludwig at all. 
Um, no, I haven't had the opportunity to work with Dwayne yet. Um, but it's all good. <laughs> now I, I know Curtis. Some Curtis goes there for some of his striking, uh, or he has in the past. Uh, again, I'm, I'm well. Curtis is Curtis is working with Vinny Lopez now. Okay. Okay. Um, for his striking. Right. Right. I, I, I again just uh, you know being being tight with Dwayne and him being the the crazy mastermind uh, that, that he is and so obsessive with striking. I'm always interested to hear about guys working with him. But uh, how is Curtis looking right now, man? Give us your thoughts on this matchup with him and Justin Willis. Oh, it's it's gonna be an ugly night for Justin Willis. I mean, I'm a southpaw, and I'm I'm a better striker than Justin Willis, and uh, Curtis is doing pretty well. So, I think it's gonna be a a good night for uh, Team Elevation and Curtis. Well, very much looking forward to to that fight, man, and very important matchup for the heavyweight division. But you yourself are also booked for a very important matchup in your own division against Volkan Ozdemir. How is your camp been going so far for yourself? Uh, it's it's going great, man. Um, getting a lot of good looks, a lot of power, uh, good boxers. I'm bringing in a lot of good boxers um, from the Denver area that are helping me out because um, Vulcan has that power. You know, I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He's dangerous. He he's got he's got power in his hands, and he he's he's a uh, he's a dangerous opponent. So I have to be on my p's and q's because if not, I'm gonna be on the canvas. Right now we're we're what uh, three weeks out from the fight. I mean, it sounds to me like you're feeling really good going into the biggest matchup of your career. Yeah, man, <laughs> that's what I live for, man. <laughs> I know, and I, I gotta say, I I, party, I I appreciate how excited you are every time. It's like these bigger and bigger matchups come. I mean, you 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 genuine genuinely love this shit. Oh, I do, man. Like my whole life has been like trying to get in the biggest spotlight I can, like as far as like sports, you know, like right. I wanted to be in the NFL. I wanted to get an interception in the end zone, you know, in the playoffs and be, you know, Oh my God, you know, like shit like that. Like big moments is like you dream about it your whole life when you're small, you know, Oh, I, I, it's full count. And you hit a home run. Like you, you dream about stuff like that. And with fighting, I get that opportunity. Like every time I step in the octagon, cause it's so much like it's such a small moment that's so important and every second of the fight means so much and if you waver for a half a second the fight could be over so being in the moment and really enjoying you know living like it's truly living and i love it man <laughs> yeah yeah and and like i said like you you relish this stuff man so i i i greatly appreciate it and it speaks volumes to the to the kind of athlete that you are uh, but, you know, you're mentioning the, the move to Colorado. You got getting different looks, working with a different team. I'm wondering how much is the uh, the elevation uh, helping build up your, your cardio and your uh, conditioning? Well, that was another reason why I came out here. Um, as we saw in the last fight, uh, I did kind of uh, – I settled in, but I was kind of a little bit wavering, you know. My, my activity slowed down a little bit. I was settling in, but I was also feeling it a little bit. So I said, you know what, how about we – Move to camp to Colorado, and that will not be a problem at all. You know, like nip it in the butt before it becomes any kind of issue. Right. Now we always hear from guys and, when they when they first. And when I moved. first got here, man, <laughs> that, that was sucked. yeah. <laughs> that, that was going to be my question. We always hear when 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 guys first get to high elevation, that first week or so is pretty brutal. Well, it's not the first week because your body's still in shock. So it's the week after 
is like the the weeks like two and three are like the worst. Right. Like the first week isn't that it's it's pretty it still sucks, but it's not as bad because your body's still in shock. It doesn't it hasn't like adapted. It doesn't really know what's going on yet. But then week two is <laughs> not the funnest week of training. You're, you're trying to you're you're trying to have the output you know that you normally have that I normally have in California. And I'm like I can I can do this. Like what the hell's going on? But there's just not enough oxygen in the air, and your body can't just can't do it. And it's frustrating, but it makes you stronger, man. And then you adapt, and then now, now I'm freaking running miles in the snow. <laughs> right, right. And now we're gonna see the best Dom race that we've ever seen compete in London. That's right. That's right. Now, last time we spoke, you had talked about being better than Volkan in, in every department, and that you're confident, very confident going into this fight. Uh, you know, as you are with every fight, of course, but. Now that you've been studying tape and getting ready for Volcon, I'm wondering how much more is that confidence gained, especially now that you're training up in Colorado? Uh, I mean, every day. It's just it's kind of an everyday thing. It just, I just get my, my resolve gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And then I'll have maybe I'll have doubt about one thing and we'll just go over it and we'll work on it. And now the doubt's gone. And now right. I feel even stronger than I did before. So having that doubt and that little like, well, I, I don't know about this, has actually made me sh- much stronger. And shoot, man, well, well, like, I'm, well, come, like, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming out sprinting in this fight. Well, I know, like, like you were talking about with like, how much you enjoy the competition of martial arts. It's like it sounds to me like you almost you enjoy being uncomfortable. Yeah, we well, have to. Right, you have to. Have to embrace that grind. I mean, growth, growth, growth comes from being uncomfortable, putting yourself some, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I am. You're right. <laughs> now, now you told me that you're you're excited to go out there and showcase your striking skills against one of the best strikers in the division. Should we be anticipating a kiss, kickboxing match in this fight, or are you going to be looking to expose Volkan on the ground? As always, I'll go wherever the fight takes me, and I'll and I'll win wherever it takes me. If 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 an opportunity arises for a takedown, I'm I'm not gonna be opposed to not taking it. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm a martial artist, and I and I pride myself in being a, a complete martial artist. I know you guys haven't seen much of my ground game because my striking is so effective, but uh, I mean it's there. And uh, if the opportunity arises, you could see uh, Vulcan uh, me on top of Vulcan for five ten minutes. You know. Right. Well, I'm wondering when you see how Anthony Smith beat Volkan, you know, and considering your own wrestling credentials, your own grappling credentials, it seems like the path of easiest, least resistance rather for you would be to take the fight to the ground, right? Um, yes, it would, it it seems that way, but I also know I'm much faster as a a striker too. Um, we'll see. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I can't. I know, I know that is the path of least resistance. You know, Cormier did it, uh, uh, Smith did it. But uh, when you lose a fight, you, you try to sure up your your game. You know, your your deficiencies. And I don't think Vulcan is a guy that's not going to try to sure up his game. You know, right? But we'll see. I mean, takedowns, uh, they're there. They're there. They're all over. But whether I take it or not, we'll see. Yeah, and I know at the same time, man, you I'm sure you'd rather show the world that, that you are the most devastating striker in the division. I just love I just love fighting, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like exchanging. I like I like feeling like 
like that danger. <laughs> I, I go mountain biking and stuff just to feel those adrenaline rushes of like near like almost dying. Like I, I like to push push it, man. I like when I have adrenaline th- flowing through my body like that. I feel alive more than any other time in my life. Yeah, I, I know we, we we've heard that for years, man. That is. Not you know, obviously it's the most pure form of competition, but you truly do feel alive when you're in there competing and, and you know fighting for not so much your life but your livelihood. Yeah, and I and I do enjoy you know making the fans happy. <laughs> right. As 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 weird as that sounds, and, and most fighters probably shouldn't say that, but I do enjoy making the fans happy, man, and and putting on a show for them and having them cheer and go crazy and. And talking about like, oh my god, did you see that guy? He's fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> see how fast he is. How is he even at light heavyweight? He's so fast, you know, like stuff like that. Like, well, hey man, while while some people like you're saying, uh, whatever, it might might not be the wisest thing for a fighter to say. I would disagree simply for the fact that the fans, your fan base, that growing fan base, how much they appreciate you, that all speaks for itself, man. Yeah, and then but then at the end of the day, I, winning is everything, you know. Right. So, well, you have you have yet to taste win. defeat. So, yeah. Well, we're, we're I'm I figure it out as I go. I adapt on the fly, and bottom line is I'm gonna win. That's all I know. That's really the only thing I know. And uh, he's not gonna stop me, no matter what. He's gonna have to literally knock me out to stop me. Because if it goes three rounds, I'm going to win. That's, now, that's the bottom line. Now, just to get back to to Anthony Smith here for a moment. He's another guy, much like yourself, when it comes to the confidence factor. But you've really got to believe it in yourself if you're going to go out there and beat John Jones, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're 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 you're, you're fucked. Like, right. Excuse my language, but you can't you can't just go up any fight, any any challenge in your life if you don't think you can do it before you even start, even a little bit. You're not going to do it. And if you do do it. <laughs> you're going to be completely shocked and you're going to feel like the next guy up's going to get you because you didn't really believe it. Yeah. The mental game is, is so such a big part of this man. But uh, what do you think? Does he shock the world at UFC 235 or does Jones continue to prove why he's considered the pound for pound King? I don't know, man. I, I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. I, I can't, there's no prediction to be made for me. I, I'm 100% focused on Vulcan. I am excited about that fight because, I mean, it is my division, but uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. <laughs> now, I, I obviously, you're you're very focused on Vulcan, but you've told me you still have some unfinished business with Anthony Smith. After this fight with Vulcan, is he the next guy on your radar, or are you going to start focusing on Jones? Depends on who wins. If he wins, he's the next guy on my radar. Right, right. If he doesn't win, he's he's now irrelevant to me. So like, for so for you get, right get now, get back in line, buddy. Right for you right now, a, a impressive win over Volkan. You're the you're the next guy for the title. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with tonight. You know, uh, Tiago and and Jan fighting tonight. Um, actually I think fighting. that has something. I think they're fighting in the next hour or so. Yeah, they're fighting in a couple hours. Yeah. I think that has a lot to do with my future, to be honest. Um, but we'll see what the UFC has in mind. The UFC could just be like, you know what? The winner of that fight fights John next. And then the winner of me and Vulcan 
if I win, then I'm after that, or I have to fight someone else. Right, but either but we'll see. either I, way, either way, you're you're one or two, you're one or two away from that title. One shot. or two away. Right. One or two away, and my ultimate goal is to be the champ. So. Right, and it still goes along. I, I, with... I could care less about Smith at this point. You know, he's he he yeah he has his path. You know, he made it to his title shot. If he wins, then he's 100 percent next for me. You know, I want him. Right. If he doesn't, then get you know get back in line, buddy. Right, and and I know that this uh this timeline is still playing out perfectly for you. UFC light heavyweight champ by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Because I can't keep beating guys that fought for titles already. Like if I beat, I already beat OSP. He fought for the title and lost. You know, I beat Vulcan. He fought for the title and lost. Now you want me to fight Anthony Smith? Like, come on. Right. How many? How many guys? Right, right. Just give 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 you the damn crack of the title. I agree, man. Like, do I have to keep fighting the challengers for not championship money? Like, what's right. going on here? And you also don't want to don't want to fall into that gatekeeper role either. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, listen, change, changing gears here for a moment, man. Uh, we partnered up with AMC to help promote the upcoming season of Into the Badlands. I'm wondering, have you ever you ever watched an episode of that show? I have not, but you guys partnered up with AMC. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're very excited about it. Either way, man, we, we've been asking athletes to give us their thoughts on martial arts and, and TV and film. So I'm wondering, what do you think the most devastating finishing move was in any show or movie that you've ever seen martial arts related? I mean, Mortal Kombat, man, there's some pretty gnarly finishings. That's true. <laughs> Just watch. That's a good one. <laughs> I think from the first Mortal Kombat movie, uh, one of the kind of the most messed up one was uh, just Goro just murdering fools over and over <laughs> when he when he, uh, when he had that one dude and he was like oh and he was like finish him and then he snapped his back on his knee and then he just threw him on the ground and then Shang Tsung took his soul I was like dang man <laughs> you did him dirty <laughs> and and what about in the real world what's the most devastating finish in MMA history in your opinion. Hmm, probably Hendo, man, with that H-bomb. That He H-bomb Bisbing and then jumped on him from 50 feet in the air. Yeah, that's a classic. That was probably the most, yeah, that was probably the most devastating one I've, I've probably ever seen where I was just like, ooh. I know. That's... And, and Hendo, Hendo has branded that image so well, him jumping onto Bisping. It's incredible. I mean, I've seen people uh, online, they, they've been re- uh, redoing like uh, Air Jordans to be Air Hendos, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> I would... yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That that was gnarly. Definitely a great choice. Definitely a great choice. And being that your nickname is the Devastator, you're definitely somebody who knows about a thing or two about devastating finishes. Uh, so with that being said, will we be seeing just that against Vulcan in London? Oh yeah, I'm 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 always looking for the finish. As is he. That's what's exciting about this matchup for me is he's a finisher too. So we're both finishers going in there. Fucking, it's like two, two fucking, uh, I keep cursing, man. I'm sorry. No, you're it's good, like man. Two, you're uh, good. Uh, it reminds me kind of like of like, like you got a whole army and then you pick the two baddest dudes to just fight it out. And the winner like wins the war. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like something like that, like two guys that are 100 percent down, that aren't scared, you know, and that are just, uh, I, uh, just down to fight and finish. We're both looking for the kill, which is exciting, and uh, you know it's kind of scary at the same time. But that makes you sharper. So, 
that's that's yeah it's it's a it's a fantastic and exciting matchup on on a card that is that is re- really truly stacked up well what's your take on the main event between uh darren till and jorge masvidal masvidal is one of my favorite fighters yeah mine so, too man so i i like to think honestly i like to think i i like i fight similar to masvidal i have a similar fight mentality when i fight um so I'm I'm rooting for Masvidal. I know it's in London, but uh, he's also Latin. So it's two things that I'm uh, I'm down with. Yeah, it's funny. We're 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 really tight with him on the show, and uh, he 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 mentioned that recently. Last time I spoke to him was, uh, man, you know, going the going to those decisions in London against a Brit, never a good thing. Yeah, it's it's not a good thing. But he's a finisher too, and. He's pa- he's a patient fighter, yes, but he's also very explosive, and he likes to finish. Till is a is the same way, so it's it's almost a similar kind of matchup. Just Till and Masvidal are a little more technical because they just are. Right, and I mean, you know, speaking of how stacked this card is, another one I'm really excited for is the return of Gokan Saki. Oh, Gokan, he's fighting. Oh, he's going to knock that guy out. Spareback Sarsarbro? I don't know his name. Yeah, I can't pronounce Sorry, his guy. name, dude. I can't pronounce his name either. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I've, I've seen that guy fight, and he's not a striker. And Gokhan is, 100%. So, right, well, let, let's hope he uh, he can avoid the takedown then and, and, and get, the, get the big win. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, listen, as always, you've been more than generous with your time. Let's Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, when you visualize the fight playing out against Volkan in London, what do you see? Hand raised, man. That's it. No, no prediction. Hand raised. And uh, who who gets called out after the big win? The champ. Uh, either the, probably the champ, or nobody. See what the UFC has in mind. We'll see. All right. Well, we're certainly looking forward to the fight, and yet another great performance from you. Uh, in conclusion, man, tell all the fans out there what they can expect from you on fight night and why this fight against Volkan Ozdemir is one that they do not want to miss. So thank thank you for having me once again. Appreciate it. Um, and, uh, yeah, you guys definitely don't want to miss this fight. Two fucking – two real, real, real gladiators going at it. Well, we're both willing to go out on our shields, so don't want to miss this. We both have a tremendous amount of power, and it's going to be a good fight. I have no doubt. Again, very much looking forward to it in London on ESPN+. Thanks again for the time today, my friend. Always a pleasure speaking with you. We'll catch up again after the big win, and and, and best of luck, man. No doubt, man. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one, buddy. You too. Wubba-dub-dub. Peace. (laughs) Ooh-wee. Always a pleasure to speak with Dom. And what an awesome fight this is between himself and Volkan Ozdemir. Don't blink for that one, folks. And as is the case with all of our guests, honestly, I very much look forward to what is next for Dominic after a big win in London. Does he get the winner of Jones and Smith? We shall see. But one thing is for sure, a Dominic Reyes training in altitude in Colorado is likely going to be even scarier than the one we've gotten used to. Nonetheless, let's wrap this thing up. Closing out this episode the heavyweight ground-and-pound technician himself, Curtis Razorblades. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show one of the top competitors in the UFC's heavyweight division, one of our favorite guests as well. Always a pleasure to have him join the show. 
the man himself, Curtis Razor Blades. Uh, thanks as always for joining us today, Curtis. How you doing today, man? I'm good, bro. Thank you for having me. How was life at uh, Team Elevation? Uh, pretty much business as usual. I just got done drilling at the gym. Uh, get ready for this upcoming fight. Now, I understand that uh, Dom Reyes is, has come up to join you guys. What's it been like training with him on the daily? Uh, it's been good. Me and, uh, me and him, we've trained together off and on for the past two years now. We have the same manager. So I always like when Dom comes up here because he's got really good footwork. He's real long and he's just a different look. So we always get in some good rounds. Right, and so it's always good for you guys to be able to kind of share those different looks for each other, right? Yeah. Now, I just spoke with him, and obviously he's very confident about your upcoming fight with Justin Willis, but I figured I'd ask you the same question. How do you think Dom is going to do against Volkan Ozdemir? I think I think he's going to go in there, and I'm, I predict the first round with KL. I, I know he probably, he probably not going to give a prediction like that, but I... I'm in there with the gym with him. And I just see the work he's putting in. I, I, I feel the hand speed. I, I feel the power of the body kicks. I, I definitely envision uh, personal uh, TKO. Yeah, you're, you're definitely right. He didn't give me a prediction, and he's a he's a pretty humble guy. Very confident, but but humble. But it sounds to me, based on what you're saying, training in the gym with him on, on the day-to-day basis, you think he's going to go out there and get the early finish? Now, so this fight with Justin Willis, man, it's set for March 23rd in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, how? Ha- I'm sorry, March uh, 16th, if I'm not mistaken, or is it the 23rd? No. 23rd? 23rd. In Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, how happy are you with the matchup? And give us your thoughts on Justin as an opponent. Um, I'm pretty happy with the matchup. Uh, it was it was one that we were looking at, and I had asked for it, but uh, he asked for me, and it just worked out. And uh, how I view him as an opponent, um, I think he's got solid boxing. And I know he trains up at AKA with Kane and uh, Dees, E and all those other good grapplers. So I'm expecting him to be a, a competent grappler, but I, I still believe I'm the better grappler. Because I, I believe I'm the best, best heavyweight, uh, best wrestling heavyweight division. And I, I know, I know he's got power. I mean, every every heavyweight's got power. I've got power, but I think I hold the advantage when it comes to speed, athleticism, um, uh, wrestling, and just I think I'm the better fighter overall. Now he's coming off what what many consider a lackluster performance against Mark Hunt. Uh, Hunt, of course, being a guy that that you finished. Uh, what, if anything, did you take away from Justin's no, performance um, against Mark? Actually, uh, I didn't get the finish, but it was a dominant, unanimous uh, decision. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. It was it was, it was was Alistair that it was the, the, the late finish. My apologies. Right, but being that it was a common opponent, you were dominant against Mark. Uh, was there anything that you could take away from Justin's performance against Mark Hunt? Um, he knows how to... How to stay on the outside and avoid the big hit, but that's not that's not really my game. So, in terms of evaluating him 
upcoming fight, and that, it wasn't a whole lot I could uh, take off that film. Right, right. Now he he seems pretty well rounded, but but yet has yet to really fight a wrestler of your caliber. Obviously, as you said, you know, being at AKA, he's working with some of the best wrestlers in the business. But is the game plan going into this one for you to you know get that takedown and get the finish from there? The game plan is always the same. Is my boxing and work inside, and is my my superior wrestling and um, a conditioning advantage to end it on the ground. Right. Right. Now, you've been climbing the ranks and working hard to get that title shot, man. Obviously, you have the setback in China. But looking ahead now with Justin, does a big win on March 23rd, does that that put you right back into title contention, in your opinion? I think so. I think I just need to show the fans and, and also uh, the bosses up at the U.S. either. Uh, the last fight wasn't me at my best. Uh, I got caught, but it was an aberration. Now, last time we spoke was was before the Yangano rematch. I I know you really wanted to get revenge in that rematch, but looking back on the fight, was there any positives for you to for you to take away after the loss, and and what went wrong for you there in there from from your perspective? I mean, it wasn't a whole lot to, to take from. It was kind of like the Jose Aldo with Chandler. It wasn't right. as as, but kind of very. Like you were saying before, I mean, with heavyweight, anybody can end any fight with, with just one punch. So at the end of the day, it's not like a, a huge setback for you. But um, I personally think that you guys are likely going to meet again down the road. Would you agree with that? I would hope so. Uh, I wouldn't say it's 100% guarantee, but I would say like 75%. Yeah. Right. Right. Now I'm wondering, uh, obviously, the the travel to China, that that's always a big deal. It takes a lot out of guys. Did that affect you at all going into the fight? No, no. Uh, I went to Australia earlier that year, so um, that's actually a, a longer uh, trip. Right. So, uh, I don't, like I said, I, I just got caught. We had a great game plan. I, I felt really great conditioning-wise. My boxing was hard. My footwork felt great. Right. Yeah, like you said, it was just an instance of getting caught there. Uh, what did you think of Nganu finishing Kane? I think that was a little more telling. I think, um, obviously, again, he showed the power. And I think, I think it was a lot more t- telling for Kane. I, I think it showed that ring rust is real. Right. And I also think maybe that would be his last fight. Like, no disrespect. But I would have loved to a legend like Andy Velasquez. Um, but I just, I don't think his, his jaw is there anymore. Yeah, Kane, <clears throat> he blamed the loss on the knee. 
but he also clearly got clipped before that injury happened. You know, do, do you believe yeah. it, it was the knee blowing out that cost him the fight, or you know, or, or was, or was no, he going to get finished after that inside uppercut, regardless? Yeah, I, I think after the uppercut landed, like, yeah, he could have regrouped and t- t- turtled up, but he was for sure rocked. And then the referee, the referees when Ngannou was involved, the, they're quick to jump in. Like, he only has to land two or three shots when you're in turtle. Even if you're covered up, the referee is very likely to stop it. So I, I think it still would have ended yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. So, do you think do you think maybe the the refs are a little bit too hasty to to stop a fight that Ngannou's involved in, or you think they're just trying to protect the fighter because he carries all that power? I think it's a little bit of ignorance on their part. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean ignorance as in the strikes that they see coming from such a big man, and he is a physical specimen. They look worse than what they really are. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I think the referees just see him and they're like, oh my God, let me protect this guy. But we we sign up to, to fight. Like, I'm supposed to get hit. I'm supposed to be able to be given a chance to show my resilience, to show my heart. We've seen guys come back worse. You know? Absolutely, man. It's, it's tough because like you said, I mean, <clears throat> you see, for, like, for the fight that always comes to mind for me is uh, Czech Congo and Pat Barry. I mean, Czech yeah, Congo was done. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know that what I mean? is one of the craziest fights. They're both dropping each other all over the ring. It's, that was, that's wild, but Czech won. Like, right. And I could have done that. Who knows? I could have done that. A- absolutely, man. Absolutely. Now, in our last conversation, you had expressed your thoughts on the possibility of Brock fighting DC and the politics of MMA while that fight still might be a reality you know give us your thoughts on the <clears throat> the landscape of the division is there a clear contender in your opinion right now um right now I think next year I mind should be Stipe if, if they want to do Stipe versus DC or DC maybe he gives up the belt um and they do Stipe versus Ngannou again I think the next guy going for the belt, the next pairing has to involve Stipe. I All right, so that. so you would you would bypass Ngannou and give Stipe the rematch? Yeah, I would. I would prefer that, but that's that's probably not what would happen. If the U.S. He obviously Ngannou and he's still taking like I said, he's a specimen. He swings hard, he hits hard, even though. Coming from a fighter and a fan of fighting, I think Stipe versus DC is a better matchup. I think you'll get more hit in your buys if it's in Ghana versus DC. Right. That's just. And unfortunately, like like we talked about before, I mean the 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 politics of matchmaking and the business side of things. Unfortunately, yeah. we don't always get to see the fights that make the most sense, and when in turn they favor the fights that are that are going to get the biggest pay per view buys. Uh, but with an impressive win over Justin, you've got to be like maybe one big win away from a title shot, right? Yeah. Who, who, who are you going to have think, uh, have your target set on after March, March 23rd? I don't know. Like, like a position I'm in, I would have options. Maybe Derek Lewis, maybe 
maybe uh, maybe in Ghana. I know it's, it's really short time. Maybe in Ghana, maybe maybe Stipe. Maybe if they, they don't give it to Stipe, he's just tired of waiting. I, I don't know. Right. Well, re- regardless of opponent, I'm sure you'll be campaigning to be on that sh- uh, card in Chicago this summer, right? Yeah, I'm hoping, like, in the perfect, perfect world, I get out of there in the first round, minimum damage, and then I'm right back into uh, camp mode. Right, quick quick turnaround and stay busy this year. Yeah. Now, uh, That's the perfect world. Right, right, you ideal know, scenario. Injuries happen. Yeah. Now, changing gears here for a moment, man. Uh, we, we partnered up with uh, AMC to help promote the upcoming season of Into the Badlands. Uh, have you ever watched that show at all? Um, my roommate uh, Austin he tried to get me to watch that. Um, I watched like two episodes, and then I don't know what, what, what happened. It was like a year <laughs> ago. He tried to get me into it, and then it was okay. It was okay. I like the fight scenes. I like I like the uh, concept. And it got rid of guns. Everything's hand to hand. I like that. Right, right. Well, either way, we've been asking athletes to give us their thoughts on martial arts and TV and film. I'm wondering, what do you think is the most devastating finishing move in any TV show or movie that's martial arts related that you've seen over the years? Uh, the most devastating. You remember uh, Romeo Must Die with Jet Li and uh, BMX? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember those scenes when Jet Li would like punch the guy and they would like zoom in or do like infrared and you would see the bones like snapping? Right. I feel like he probably had the best like finishing moves. Oh, yeah, that's or pretty. That's they, a good one, man. That's a good one. That's cool. I forgot all about that movie, man. I, I forgot. Not, yeah. That's DM- a yeah, DMX did a couple of those really cool movies. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely a good choice. Uh, <clears throat> and what about. What about in the real world? What what's the most devastating finishing move in MMA history in your opinion? Uh, I think it's the elbow from a guard. It's 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 not the fanciest, it's not the prettiest, but I think it it you did the stats, it probably has the most finishes. The elbow from guard, really? Yeah. So well, you, from uh from your opponent's full guard? Yeah, pretty much what I did to Alistair. Right, right, right. Or uh, Jones Vera. Uh, who else could I yeah. think of here? Yeah, that's like classic Tito Ortiz ground and pound. Yeah, like it's it's basic, but it's very, very effective. And I think over the years, it's probably racked up the most finishes. Right, right. Definitely another great choice, man. And. Uh, I, I would have to agree with you there. That's uh, that, that's definitely a devastating finishing move. Uh, real quick, before we get back to the fight, um, I wanted to ask you about it. It seems like your brother's doing some uh, some community outreach up there in Chicago. You care to tell, tell yeah. us a little bit about that? He's, he and my father are working with um, leaders in the community on, like, the south, outside of Chicago. Like, a lot of them, like... Uh, church leaders or political leaders and working with them just to help make the areas a little safer for like the kids and just the people 
who don't want to be involved with the the nonsense. They just want to go on with with their day to day life and be productive. Right. So they just just trying to clean up the streets, you know, just one block at a time. Yeah, no, it's an admirable cause. Do Do you see yourself kind of getting involved with that a bit more or going forward? Or yeah, um, I've been talking with my dad, and my brother about it. They've actually uh, they told me uh, I forgot his rank, uh, chief deputy sergeant or something of that nature. Someone high up. He wants to speak with me, and then. Maybe potentially have me do like a meet and greet with a bunch of uh, kids on uh, Southside. That's cool, man. That's awesome. I, I can't commend guys enough when when you give back to your own communities. I think it's really important to do. And uh, you know, hats off to your brother there. I certainly hope that you you and your brother and your father can make some uh, meaningful impact in that community. Um, but listen, get, getting back to the card in Tennessee, man, it's pretty stacked. Great main event. Bobby Moffitt's on the card as well. Uh, could be a big night for you guys at Monteleon Management, right? Yeah, yeah. This will be our first time hiding together. I don't have any cards, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah, I agree. He was he was speaking very highly of you, of course, and very much looking forward to fight night. But uh, listen, man, you've been more than generous with your time. Let's wrap this thing up. When you visualize this fight playing out against Justin Willis, what do you see? How does your hand get raised? I see me working my angles, using my boxing, using my uh, jab, getting it inside, touching his legs, getting him on his back, and then getting him in a really bad position on the ground and just finishing the strikes. Hopefully elbows. Yeah, those devastating elbows from guard. That's right. (laughs) So you, you kick off 2019 the right way with a big win over Justin then fight maybe number one contender spot in Chicago. Does that sound like the ideal scenario for you? Yeah, that would be that's a dream scenario right there. Awesome, man. Well, we're certainly looking forward to the fight and you getting back in the win column, my friend. Uh, in conclusion, tell all the fans out there what they can expect from you on fight night and why Curtis Blades is going to be fighting for the title in 2019. On fight night, you guys can expect me a lot of explosive movement, a lot of takedowns, and a lot of heavy strikes. And 2019 will be my year because I'm one of the youngest guys ranked, and I just feel like those guys are their time has passed. And each each week I get a little bit better, and I I think over the next six seven eight months I'm gonna have a lot of growth and development. Oh, you definitely are the new breed. New breed of heavyweight, my friend, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to all the future has in store for you. Uh, thanks again for the time today, Curtis. We'll have to catch up again after the big win. Best of luck on the 23rd in Tennessee. Have a great rest of your training camp as well, brother. On to bigger and better things in 2019 for the the man himself, Curtis Razor Blades. Thank you, man. I appreciate your time. All right, brother. You have a good day, man. All right, man. You too. Later. Man, Curtis is such a humble and nice guy. If you never saw him fight, I feel like you have a hard time believing that he smashes people for a living. Big matchup for the division between himself and Justin Willis. Should be a great fight. And the winner is likely going to be fighting for the title or a title eliminator next. But that's it for us, folks. Thank you all for tuning in yet again. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at BJ Penn Radio on Twitter. 
Make sure you guys follow the website as well at bjpen.com on Twitter and Facebook. Set up alerts, get the news as it breaks, everything you crave from the sport you love, bjpen.com. We have got you covered, guys. On behalf of the entire team, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. We'll catch you on the flip side. Peace out, everybody.